0: Hello, my name is Peter Cinnamon and you're listening to a podcast which is all about the Irish League. It's a brand new year, we've got a brand new podcast episode for you, but we've got some familiar names still claiming the spotlight in the Niffle Premiership. Linfield being one of them, they were able to hold off Lauren at Inver Park to keep their seat atop of the pile going into 2024. Meanwhile, it looks like some people's New Year's resolution across the league was to be with a new club, managers included. I'm going to give you an update on some potential movements of the dugout variety, chat players who have already penciled in transfers to new teams, and we're going to squeeze in a preview of Irish Cup fifth round weekend in this week's edition of Kicking Match. Happy New Year, hopefully, what is it, old acquaintances be not forgot whatever you're back again for another new year of Irish League chat on kicking match I hope you're well to kick off the very first podcast of 2024 I am of course going to use it talking about the final game of 2023 and my first guest of the year that is 2024 AD hello and welcome back reporter and commentator it's Mark Strange Peter how are we I'm doing good Uh, a little update for everybody else you didn't no anyway but we can say it over the festive period we got to finally meet up and say hello in person at a game and it was a rather entertaining game we talked about it on the podcast last week of what went down but we had a little lovely boxing day it sat up in can we call it the gantry at Locko? Yeah, yeah it's a gantry it? an old school gantry but
1: a gantry nonetheless
0: it, it had a, a little partition <laughs> uh, we were Two steps up from the pitch. Uh we could hear all of the shenanigans going on from the coaches going on to the pitch. It was a thrilling game between Dungan and all Uh and yeah, we got the spend time, chatting about Christmas. I had a leftover sandwich. It's it, it was one of the big highlights of the day. That and of course, you know, Benjamin Started off his like, little festive Benjamin McGee run. But we're not going to start with Benji McGee in the podcast this week. We're going to start with a game which had something on the line. It was a battle of the top two. Linfield were sitting in first place. And whoever won this game was going to be riding high. They'd have been sitting back watching the nanny, going, I'm top of the Irish League. In the end, it was a draw, 1-1, which then meant that Linfield retained their status at the top of the division. I said last week it was probably going to be a draw, ended up being a draw. I know the answer is that both teams will take this, but does that result, especially by the fact that it was at Inver, does that result suit Linfield more and by how much more?
1: Um. Yeah, probably. If you'd offered that, you said probably if you offered it to both teams beforehand, they both would have would have taken it. Um, but Lauren being at home sold out Inver Park. Uh, I know the the CIA, the, the Casual Inver Army had an amazing pyro show and everything for the game. Big atmosphere. And the signs of it, you know, I I wasn't at that one, but the signs that Larn got off to a flyer and he rode that kind of amazing atmosphere inside Inver to a good start. But Linfield, I think, will be happy enough, you know, still a point clear game in hand going into the new year. I mean, it's it's by no means really doesn't matter anything at this stage. But yeah, I think I think to be honest, it probably favour Linfield. I think don't think Larn are too disappointed by it. But I'd say if you'd offer both a draw beforehand. Both probably would have taken it,
0: but Lindsay may be a little bit happier with that one. Let's reflect on that display, actually. It was quite eye-catching at the start of the game. There was a huge, big banner at that church end stand. Packed out, rammed, as you said, because of the sellout. And you'd like to think that a game like this, top two Saturday afternoon, most people are sitting, chilling off between Christmas and New Year's this is is an attraction game and it was a great display like a big banner from top to bottom. There was smokes. There was foils. Is that what that is? That kind of like you know child little battery bit. Look, Linfield did a bit of that in the in the game between themselves and Glenn Torrin. So Lauren wanted to bounce back and show their show their colours, show a bit of of their theatrics there. And it was it was a nice start and it gave it a, a great atmosphere and you're right, Lauren jumped ahead it was a classic Lee bonus goal the one thing you do not want to do is fire the ball over the top and give Lee bonus to run onto that ball because he is happy to shove that defender out of the way run onto the ball and the fact he got control of it he rounded the keeper slotted it in uh, within the first 10-15 minutes of the game and Going into that match, I felt as though Lorne had this relentless energy and they're ready to take on everybody. And And Linfield were slipping by teams and, and uh, avoiding mistakes. They've, they've been pinned back, but then they rise to the challenge. And once again, it was another situation. You're in the home of the champions. It's packed to the rafters. And now you're a one goal down, knowing that that's going to leave them top at the end of it. But Linfield looked very cool, very assured. They, they didn't seem to, like, get out of their rhythm. They knew what they wanted to do, and then they were able to snap back before the halftime whistle. And it's Matthew Fitzpatrick who has become the main man now for Linfield in the goal-scoring ranks, especially with Joel Cooper being in and out of the team with, it seems, an injury. He gets ahead of goal. They're back in, even Stevens. That's when you could tell this is going to be a ding-dong battle.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned Matt Fitzpatrick there. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm glad to see it for him, you know, how well, you know, he has done these, you know, two really big games over Christmas for his sake. You know, he was maybe didn't go off to I mean, he's done okay, but may not, you know, exactly go off to the hottest start at Linfield. You know, a few Linfield fans may sort of question him, you know, is he the man to sort of fire us to the title? But he's shown his his worth now. And I think that point at Inver was a very Linfield point. You know, yes, you go behind early and bell counts were well under the cost you know Larnaby could have been two or three up the time then feel it equalized but they just it's something they do so well they've done for years and it's become a a thing for them under Haley really that you know that's hang around in games stick around get that goal back at at some point in the game and I think it was a a crucial time for them to get the goal because they said you know had they not all of a sudden Larnaby building could be going in ahead and it's it's a tough second half but Yeah, a very a very limply last point that they picked
0: up there. Let's also give Michael Newbury a bit of shine. He picks up the ball on the right hand side. He's got a defender to beat. He turns him, looks into the box, dinks the ball in expertly, an absolute perfect little ball in. And Matthew Fitzpatrick is happy to run on and and nod those in all day. From there, the game became a bit more nip and tuck, a bit more of a tactical battling affair and. And there, it didn't really open up, it kind of shut down from, from there and it just felt like it was going to be something, it wasn't going to be, it was going to either be a breakaway or it's going to be a bit of magic in the box that was going to change that up as either team tried to unlock each other's defence and uh, I'm sure from a Lauren perspective they'll be ruining that opportunity, that fell the Lee bonus. In the box. He spun on the ball. And usually that means it's going straight into the top corner. In the back of the net. Unfortunately kind of just dribbled to the left hand side of him. And away. And uh, it sets it up now where it ends a deadlock there. And the teams will go elsewhere. But the one thing I got from that game. And I think we all know this anyway. These two teams will be battling now. Between here and the end of the season, they're both up for this title race.
1: Absolutely. I mean obviously Clifton Dodge still in there, gotta give them their, their dues, they're still sort hanging on the coattails there. Um not not going away lightly. But yeah, I mean these two they were the two best sides in the country last year, and it looks it's gonna be the same again. You know, even at Lauren in terms of twenty twenty three, the only in terms of Edinburgh anyway, um or overall, sorry, the only defeat they've had against Linfield, if I'm not mistaken, was the cup quarter final there, the uh, penalty shootout. You know, so I think Lauren will be happy enough for their, their record against Linfield this year but the point's not the end of the world for them but I think after taking that early lead they maybe be a little bit disappointed they didn't sort of you know capitalise on, on Linfield when they had the chance. So now
0: Linfield will go on. We talked about it last week on the podcast that they've got this game against Crusaders. No doubt by the time the majority of you are listening to this podcast you know the result of that game. Sticking with Lauren, something that emerged over the past few days has been that they... Have announced that they have a new minority investor. They are the Vic or the VEC family. Um, uh, they come on board. I think it's Vec. I, I thought it was VEK, but I think it's VEC. Uh they join American businessman Scott Chris. We'll go with that. <laughs> as a mine or Carasse, Uh as a minority owner, Kenny Bruce is still majority owner, looks after day to day so you know they're hyping up his connections in in baseball they have um connection to St. Louis Brown's Cleveland Guardians um you know they have all these connections to American sport there was for me uh, in the summer seeing players come from Real Salt Lake thinking what's what's going on here what's the connection and perhaps they were in and amongst it there but uh Lauren bring more people in. It's it's not just Kenny Bruce. And you know, there's been lots of talk over the past few weeks of, of investment coming into the league. And uh Lauren who had seen that had plenty of investment, they add a bit more. What it will mean long term we'll have to see, but uh, clearly they seem like a enticing proposition. One
1: thing that Kenny Bruce said, you know, whenever he first took over Lauren and something that I know he he still maintains to this day, is that it's not just about Lauren on the pitch, you know, on the pitch obviously is, is the main factor of a football club, of course, but, you know, it's it's so much else, you know, like and what he's done in the town, you know, with the, the new academy of sport, the training centre, the, so the investment he's made into the town, the buy-in he's got from local businesses and, and local people, so he's a smart enough businessman to know that, you can't get the success on the pitch without having it off the pitch. You know, I, I'm a baseball fan myself. so Whenever I heard the name Vec, I was like, wow, really? You know, that's quite a, you know, if you mention the name Vec to any sort of like a baseball fan or journalist, you know, immediately it's like, oh, right, okay, you know, people sit up and take notice. So he, he's not bringing in small, small time hitters here. You know, these are our big hitters. And I think he knows, like I said, these are people who have a passion and an interest. And more importantly, I suppose that the business know-how when it comes to running, running sports clubs and you know every decision or pretty much every decision certainly anyway that Kenny versus made off the pitch seems to have, have paid off and has definitely had some thought to it so I know it's not something he'll have, he'll have taken lightly
0: Fascinating to see how many of these owners at the high end of the sport and, and, and a variety of sports are diversifying Cronky has Arsenal the LA Rams all uh, others i believe across the board you know you, you said uh this this guy comes from a you know a, a a family that's well known in that sport he's got his hand and you know football soccer now you know so clearly they want to have many fingers in different pies it's another american joining the Irish league so again it's all money above my head it's 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 something that's going on and uh as what many people in my situation say, I wish them all the best. So there we go. See what happens. We're, we're No more updating the banger stuff. Um, the only update we have is, unsurprisingly, I'm I'm still dosed, which is why I sound bizarre. Uh, you haven't been able to get it, uh, so you, you've you avoided it. I, the whole family was able to avoid my sniffles and my coughs. Um, but the, the weather's been poor. probably didn't help it, as we all know. Uh, guntorn against uh, uh was a game that's not on this schedule, so they weren't able to keep pace uh, with the other teams that could have been a chance for them to gain two points on both of them it rained a lot uh, on Friday evening Saturday morning the oval pitch is not uh, adept to taking on a significant amount of rain and it was a significant amount of rain we saw a lot of games in the championship in particular uh, go by the west side I'm sure a lot of teams are going happy days we can get these January signings in and, and we'll talk about a couple more uh, January signings as we go along, but we will actually go to the game up at the Korean Showgrounds, where Lockall were able to capitalize on their victory against Ungalah Swifts with a three-one defeat of Korean, and who's at the centre of it once again? Benji McGee doing exactly what he was doing last week, trying to be the defender, taking the ball on the hop and. Uh, his goal was really well taken. It just shows how dangerous he is. But the other player who stepped up big for lock Lockall was Nathaniel Ferris. Who was able to score a penalty and pick up another goal to make it the 3-1 victory to them. He is now the highest scorer for lock Lockall since the year 2000. Big lad uh, getting the goals in uh, for lock Lockall. So that's great for them after such a poor, poor run. They get two wins in a row. I felt as though Coleraine were going to be a team that could be got at. And they were. But of course what the real story is coming off the back of this is that it's another defeat for corey and they are just totally down in the dumps awful run and there had been significant questions around their manager Owen kearney you could hear at the end of that game between them and lock all there are significant boos from the showground support off the back of that the corey board have come out and made a statement saying that we're back in order we understand the results are awful they're poor. But we're backing him. He's been a big part of this club beforehand. And there's been other people connected to the club who have been calling out some of the personal abuse that Owen Kearney has received. We talked last week and we saw last week that Gary Boyle stepped away from his post as the manager of Nuri, citing that he felt as though some of the abuse that, that he was getting was was really getting to him. Clearly something similar is happening to Korean. As fans we all want to voice our opinion and sometimes that's very directed at the people that we are frustrated at. But I, I I do think perhaps we all have to take a step back, know that ultimately this is somebody's job, it's it's football, and you can share your opinion, of course, but by the sounds of it, and look, I, I haven't heard any for any of those two men that I've referenced, but people are saying that it is crossing the line.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. I haven't spoke directly to, to either either of them. But, you know, two two men that have been in around the game long enough know that poor results. People, there is going to be criticism. I'm sure they're, they're well aware of that and they're happy enough to receive it. But it takes it to a whole new level whenever it's getting, you know, seemingly, so, so we've heard anyway, that it's getting personal and attacking families. And, you know, that's as you said, you know, we're all football fans. So we all get frustrated at times. And, and like I said, Lex like Owen so Kearney and Gary Boyd, big enough men to take a bit, a bit of flack when it's at the end of the or their team's performance that's fine but when it starts to get personal and, and getting families involved you know you, people really have to take a step back and go right well, what am I doing here you know what, what what's going on you know especially isn't it, there's no excuse for any sort of abuse or grief into anybody but you look at Orton Kearney done at Corian you know and how I, I appreciate and as I'm not a Corian fan I'm not telling them how they should feel here because I know it's a dreadful run Orton Kearney knows that more than anybody how bad a run it is you know the the man's probably having sleepless nights trying to trying to fix it. So if there's anybody you know, same as Gary Boyle at Newry, really, you know, I spoke to, to Gary a few times this year after difficult games, and he was always able to front up. Spoke to me after every game, and I know he does that with everybody. So a bit of flack here and there, you know, managers can take. You kind of take it as part and parcel of it, but what's not part and parcel of it when it gets personal or it gets family involved.
0: Well, that's reflect someone that is there weekly. Um at Coring Games, Jonathan McNabb, who uh listened to this podcast will know is 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 a regular uh regular contributor here. You know, he he tweeted out the statement saying the abuse that Oren has received has been nothing short of abhorrent and totally unacceptable. Results this year haven't been good enough, no denying it. But if someone can turn the tide, it's Oren. I get the fans are frustrated, we all are, but there's a line that's being crossed. And I, I think the interesting thing from that statement from the board is that they're they're fronting up and they are saying results are not what we want them to be. And we understand that, but you know, we are moving forward and we believe he's the right man. Outside of the fact that it's been up and down all year, four losses in a row is tough. Especially that one against Balamina who I mean, hadn't scored in whatever it was, 10 hours before they do, and then they, they went out. What What is it now? Like, how many goals have, have Ballymena scored? Have so scored like 15 goals, and a fifth of them were scored against them on Boxing Day. It just, it just shows. But sometimes when you're in a funk, these results are going to happen. And unfortunately for Corian, it's just more difficult games await them. Give credit to Luckall. That's a great bounce back for them. They're now up to seventh there, top of the bottom half, and they'll want now to continue this run on keep things going Uh, and the team who want to snap out of this run that they're on and they're going to hope that a new manager bounce is going to be a part of this is Nuri. Dungannon shake off that frustration and that anger of whatever refereeing decisions they felt didn't go their way against Lockall and they rout Nuri at home. 5-0 and it could have been more. Gallagher with a first half hat-trick that also included a missed penalty that is a a great thing uh, to do when your team is missing who had been your top goal scorer for the season Maddy Lusty chat that it could be a collarbone injury so you know official reports there but that that could still be a couple of weeks and Dungannon looked to have had a better one recently but realistically they're still only three points off 11th so that'll that'll be a great buffer to increase between them and Nuri and we'll we'll talk about the situation with Nuri in a second but let, let's give uh, Duganen and uh, Makaree kudos I'm sure they've been wanting that they've been wanting to get that out of their system all their nice play has not resulted in goals consistently they all came at once but Nuri played their role as well because they just look completely deflated
1: I was actually covering this game on Saturday I was doing the live text updates for it and there was points in that first half where I was struggling to keep up with what Dungannon were doing Uh, as you said massive kudos have to go to Dungannon first of all I've seen them a few times this year including that one on on Boxing Day at Lockall and they've looked good and just sometimes they're lacking especially now with Lusty not there they're just lacking that little bit of clinical edge but I think I said the Rodney in the interview afterwards you know do you feel that's been coming you know like a bit of a outburst of goals and I I genuinely think it has been you know for some of their play and and Gallagher by the way also hit the post in the first half too so he he could have had five or more just in that first half alone Um, but yeah that's not as poor as to be honest as poor as nearly were Duncan were very good you know they were the old saying goes you can only beat what's put in front of you and they absolutely did that and I think obviously Gallagher was fantastic but a big a word too for Kieran Dillon the guy is just controlling things in that midfield he scored again, scored in Boxing Day too, but everything good that Dungan do goes through him in that in that midfield at the minute. So yeah, they obviously they better, they probably looked at the other scores and were a bit disappointed to see Ballina had won to sort of keep on their tails. But as you say they're sort of opening up that buffer now between the rest and Yuri and at the bottom.
0: I love me some Keelan Dillon. We were waxing lyrical up in that uh, gantry. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's the he's the he's he the pivot that. for that team and he, he makes the ball work. And when you have these nippy little players out wide that on Gannon do, they're happy to do it. They can go direct when they want to as well. And they, they, they win that game out without Lusty and without McGee. And that's, there's a real youthful backbone to that team with the likes of of, of Galvin and Gallagher and, and, and Scott. They'll now want to go in the 2024 Push on, thinking you know we could have got a couple of results in a row if, if things uh, went our way. So five goals will always do you a bit of good. And apparently scoring three goals against your uh, Derby rivals gives you a huge amount of confidence. Balamina, two wins in a row? My goodness, are they getting a nosebleed with with, with the form table? They went out 1-0 against the Glenavon side. You just could not get it going up top. They huffed and they puffed and they couldn't get it. And... It takes a bit of a wonder goal from Fraser Taylor. Everybody's been hyping this man up as, oh, he's a bit tasty. He can do a bit of running. He can do a bit of uh, jiving uh, up near the top of the pitch. He was nowhere near the top of the pitch when he picked up the ball, but he decided to go for a mazy run anyway. If I was some of those galvan defenders, I, may- I maybe would have tackled him along the way, but maybe they just couldn't believe that he could do what he did. Massive run all the way up the pitch, and he, he gets the only goal of the game on 36 minutes. And Balamina on Dreamland. Two wins in a row. They do they do like a bit of jiving in Balamina, so that was that was a good
1: reference there. But yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was some yeah, brilliant. You said like somebody, you know, put a leg in there if you're I'm sure those in the main stand at Moorneview were were letting their, their thoughts known about what maybe should have happened to them on, on the way to goal. But yeah, it's a superb, superb goal and good to see for Balomina. You know, I, I felt for Jim Irvin and, and the team, you know, on that dreadful run they were on because Asian another one has been getting some stick from fans and one of this season but obviously still well in the thick of it down there but you mentioned Glenavon there and times again on the other side I've seen a bit of this year they play some good football and they have some good attacking threats but I think you mentioned they're huffing and puffing and that's something they do quite a bit of at times that I saw the other day that we'll be talking transfers a minute you know that Zach Barr ended up going to Port of Iron. I think maybe that's one that maybe John should have been looking at somebody like him. A clinical goal scorer It's something I think they're sort of lacking there. Like I said, they do have talent of the Prendergast and McCloskey's injured himself, but Malone and you know there's probably some others I'm I'm forgetting about like Peter Campbell. But yeah, in terms of Balmina, great great win, great performance.
0: It's a lot to put on the shoulders of, of Aaron Prendergast, who is still technically a teenager to be your one and, and, and only striker and for him to consistently get the goals it's been a difficult run for them I think everyone's like wow and Kim McDonald and everything's been great and it wasn't the start and then it was and then because they've had to play Lauren, then Infield, then the Cruz and before then they do, do get a win against nuri uh, another team who fired plenty of goals past them This defeat at home against Balamina, I think, will sting. It will be a bit of a bump back down to earth that they aren't completely out of relegation issues just yet. There is eight points between them and Balamina now, so they'll feel comfortable enough that they won't have to worry about it. But if they do go on a bad run and a team like Balamina can sneak up, they'll not want that. And look, they've done plenty of... uh, of their own jiving uh changing things up uh with transfers so they have new bodies coming in mcdonald's getting his players back and at the top of the pitch was was clearly something that they'll be looking to address and then they are attempting to address balamina they'll still continue to address i saw car feel on the team sheet on on saturday that'll be a welcome addition i'm sure it was good to have mcmurray score last week so it's taken months but Two wins in a row, you've got to say, Well done, Jim Irvin. You're you've been able to tighten things up at the back, and now you Need that bit of luck, you need that mazy run from one box to the other sometimes. That's what you need, or you need a, a penalty decision to go your way. So, I've been very, very critical of Balamina that most of their points they've got this season have been kind of snatch and grab jobs. But the past two weeks have been performances where they've dug in. and Look, they were under the cost from Glenavon, late on, but Glenavon just could not get the ball. In the box to the right person at the right time. So a reality check, I think, for Glenavon and uh, Balamina. Look, there's six points between them and Nuri. Now, that that feels like a cavern if uh, you are Nuri looking up. And for Balamina, you, you'll still want that to be bigger. There's a lot of the season still to be played. But it just shows you how quickly things can move at the bottom.
1: Yeah, you, you sort of mentioned there, just before we move on, about by, by Glenavon. Um, I'd spoken to Steve McDonald after the Crusaders defeat, and he was quite sort of philosophical about it. You know, like it was, in fairness, you know, learning for the Crusaders, it's not really a much harder run in the league, nearly, than that at times, you know. But I think after that, bomb, you know, one the, I'd say it would be a, a different story.
0: Sticking with Newry, they've got a manager's post, which is currently open. There was suggestions that Warm Point Town's boss Barry Gray could be in the frame. Of course he's ex-Cliffinville manager. He is synonymous with. Warm point. Because he brought them. Up from football. Obscurity. All the way up to the top division. Uh, of course recent times they saw relegation. Then let's not get into. The shenanigans that happened. During the summer where they were. Demoted. Due to a licensing issue. All the way down to PIL. When they were hoping to potentially be. A pl- within a playoffs reach of getting into the top flight again and an hour before recording here this evening he has stepped down as boss of warm point town mid-season and where does that leave him now I have I have no sources I, I've got no reporting bar just chat and, 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 and stuff online that says it could be on the cards Barry Gray going for more point in Uri? That's uh, it seems like you're crossing the Rubicon there.
1: Yeah, uh, crossing the Moor and Open Adam as I've heard it called recently. Yeah. Um I mean it, you know, maybe we're maybe we're putting two and two together and getting five here, but you know, with Uri, I saw they tweeted the other day, you know, that they'd be closing expressions of interest that we're recording on New Year's Day here, they'd be closing um expressions of interest at five o'clock today, and all of a sudden just after five o'clock by Gray announces his resignation, you know, it's a bit a bit suspicious. I mean we could all be made to look like fools here, but it looks it looks a pretty pretty good cert that, that he would go there. Now I mean he's a, yeah you say he's a great manager. He worked wonders at Warren Point, you know, and has been at Cliftonville too. Is it a bit much for him to pull Nuri out of this? I mean at six points you say it looks a lot now, you know, given the way Balamine are going and the way that the newer near you are, but yeah, I'm actually due to be um, at Windsor Park this weekend for Warren Point's Cup tie with Infield, so it will be interesting to see, you know, no Barry Gray in the dugout. Um, so I'll be, I'll be speaking to whoever maybe is
0: who replaces him
1: on on Saturday. It's not like a blood rivalry between the
0: two teams, but there's clearly a lot of local pride going on there, and, and players have have swapped between the two a fair bit as. Warren ascension dovetailed with Nury's demotion and complete restart uh, as a club. And you know, reading the statement here from Warren Point, you know, they say that they have accepted the resignation of Barry Gray. They thank him for his commitment, obviously, for a second step as manager. The impact of being denied our place in the Premiership playoff based on sporting merit earlier this year has changed the strategic focus of the club and led to a more realistic and time-bound approach to building the club back to where we belong. And a stepped approach... We remain focused on securing promotion from the PIL to the Championship. This remains our sole objective this season. Perhaps just the timelines not being exactly what what, what Grey wants at this time of his career. Does he want to get up to the top flight? It it wouldn't be too far away from him going from the point to Nuri. Interesting to see how how Nuri fans will embrace him and he gets another bite of the cherry of top five football. We await with being of breath to see who does get that gig. There's only 12, obviously, in the top flight. So I'm sure based on his credentials, he's done it before. He's kept that one point side up numerous times. He's brought them back up again. We talked last year about the Portadown gig going up and down. That's why people say that Nat Curry was a good appointment because he could have an eye on both. Perhaps he have an eye on both as well. So we'll see how that all goes. Just while we're talking about managers, we've talked a a fair bit about Paddy McLaughlin over the past couple of weeks. Just questions over his status with uh, Derry City. Questions no more. He is no longer the assistant manager in Derry. He uh, is a man who's been linked significantly with a potential opening at Glen if it comes up. Uh, There's also been people that would connect him with Corrine, if they were to go full time and if Owen Kearney was to move on with him being out on the market does that put even pressure on the hot seats of well those two clubs in particular but any boss out there knowing that Paddy McLaughlin is now back on the market baby
1: yeah I mean it's a, a strange one first of all the way it was worded he was stood down from duties and everyone's kind of going what, "What? what does that mean why what's going on but Clearly he's not there anymore. It's a bit of a strange one. I mean, he only joined what was it? Correct me if I'm wrong, was it part of the season League of Ireland season already started last year when he joined or just early on? I can't remember exactly. But, yep. You know, go back to, before before the end of the season. Yeah, going going back to his, his hometown club and you know, with Rui Higgins. I don't know. You know, that, that's, that's speculation and all about what's happened there. But yeah, I think I think you're right. There's certainly I'm sure that'll ramp up because even when he was still employed by Derry City, you know, he was being linked with any not just any job that came up, but any job that might come up, you know, it seemed, it seemed his job, his name, sorry, was being was being thrown around there. I saw someone say as you're late candidate for the New York City job, and now, Derry didn't use a bit of a commute, but he might do it. Um but yeah, I think I think it will. I mean, we all I mean we've talked for you know, days about Warren Feeniglund touring and obviously now it looks as though certainly Warren Kearney's getting the backing of the Corian boards. I and mean, we not will put, put to bed any of those rumours, but yeah, you know rightly now any time, any sort of job, even the League of Ireland, you know, I saw him being linked with Cork City a while ago as well. Any job, probably on the island of Ireland, you know, Paddy McLaughlin's name will be, will be in there now for sure. Uh,
0: will not be uh, the last time over the next few weeks, I think we'll be chatting Paddy McLaughlin, but He's a man on the market. Just didn't work out for him over back at Derry. And uh, we will see if we see a return for him to an Irish League hot seat or not. Going back to the games this weekend, I thought there could be a chance of a shock down at Seaview for Carrick Rangers. But it was Old Faithful number one and Old Faithful number two who got the goals and combined very well to take our business and get a 2-0 win against Carrick Rangers, uh, it's a big week now for for the crews They've, uh, they're have they going to host Linfield uh, and then they obviously have an Irish Cup tie this weekend uh, this was a pretty even affair between two teams, I don't think Carrick really got any attacking mojo going uh, and Crusaders were able to make their chances count That's one probably
1: that Carrick would target, obviously the that real awful result they had there at the start of the season, probably wanting to put that one to bed. But yep, Heatley and Owens—that's you know the oldest, the oldest combo in the book now in the Irish League. Really, there's not many more old older combos in age or playing time in the league. But yeah, they keep getting it done. Um, for Crusaders, I was at Mournview just before Christmas. Whenever Owens got his 250th goal, Heatley scored that day too. You know they they still got it. This and Crusaders have their. You know they're a, they're a fair bit addressed in terms of title talk. That's for sure. But as Crusaders have their naysayers and you know people about the way they play, and it doesn't work every time out. But certainly whenever you're up scrapping games against the likes of Carrick, who are are up and down, but they can certainly mix it um, with some with some of the big boys. And sometimes you need to turn to the, the old faithfuls to get get the job done.
0: I, I thought if Carrick got themselves in, dug in on on that game, and they could maybe get something from it, but. Yeah, I think it was more of a case of the crews just pushing on, working the ball. And uh, it look, it was a very simple goal for the opener. Big, long ball, head on from Owens. And he's able to run on to it and get the ball in the back of the net. And then a more unusual kind of goal from, from Owens. The ball comes in and he's usually just see him knocking in with his head. He kind of like swings his boot at it and, and pokes it in later on when... Carrick are down to 10 men. The red card for Carrick, may as well talk about it as he always tried to. Second yellow for Curtis for He just kind of pulls back, falls into Heatley as he tries to run on. I think that's a fairly fair second yellow and uh, can't complain about that.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just one those ones you say, like it's a, something, a where you can't really make on the yellow card. You know, you're that's no cliche, but you're giving the referee an opportunity to give you the yellow card there.
0: So, you're listening to this in 2024. The January transfer window is officially open. Plenty of teams have been revealing their little presence that they've already tied down before the window opened. Now things are, are starting to move. There's been a few rumoured ones that haven't happened just yet. Some that can be confirmed. We're waiting for our our our, our big one. Still no news on Ben Kennedy or, or anything like that. But we... Uh, we look into it. A lot of it seems to be around the championship. You mentioned him earlier on in the podcast. it on, have had a difficult uh, time in the championship. They have had a few injuries but they, they pretty much put together another brand new squad and it didn't really come together startingly at the start and they're going to do... Further tinkering and uh, actually a, a big signing. I I think in the in the championship we looked around about two weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it, we did a podcast here talking about what the January needs are for each club and. You can tell some of the teams at the bottom of the league needed uh, a striker. And oftentimes, as fans, we go, who's the, who's the top goal scorer in the championship? What are the like? Can we maybe add the the my team? Uh, particularly if you're struggling at the bottom. And the top goal scorer of the championship is Zach Barr, who was a Newington player and is now a Portadown player. So they... Now, Curry has a bit more firepower to his side while also weakening another side. Um, there's actually weirdly been one or two other Players that have signed for Portadown, that Portadown have announced, but the other clubs have, including Dundella, who've said that uh, Craig Dobbin, a midfielder, has gone to them. Jack Henderson from Bangor has announced that he's the, well, Bangor have announced that he's leaving, even going to Portadown. So, Niall Curry um, is sticking by what he said in the media, that he's adding and he's, he's strengthening this team and he's doing it by weakening the teams around him.
1: Yeah, and, and getting getting business done early. He's doing his uh, his business like negate like, the FIFA and football manager, just get in there early and, in, and sign everybody, yeah. Um the, the big one, I mean, Zach Barr, I mean that's a, a cracking signing. You know, I you know, we were talking about Lexington, them. like I said, a lot of good attacking talent without really having too much strength and depth up there. You know, somebody like somebody like the or you know, Zach Barr you think would have been a, a perfect signer. That that's no disrespect to Newington, you know, I'm sure they would have wanted to to keep him. You know, they don't just have to give up their their top goal scorer to whoever whoever comes in, but clearly you know he's wanted the move as well, and it's it is a double whammy as you say. You know we have strengthened their side while we get another another side in the division. Um, yeah, I mean they're getting they're getting things done fast. He
0: is a big burly striker. He is he's a big man, uh, which I think a lot of teams would be looking out for. I guess seems a bit old school, but I, I, I oftentimes I think. It's what fans are looking for. Get a big man in the box and, and see what they can do. So that's what they're adding with him. Elsewhere in the championship, actually, Odds um, have uh, part of company with Matthew Tipton, um, who has been their manager uh, for I think a season and a half now or so, maybe two. But it just hasn't went for him this season. Um, he's down languishing near the bottom. Last year was a far better season for them. Thanks to uh, that man, Adam Sally being the top goal scorer in the league last year and, and knocking loads, they have in they have been able to replace him. And unfortunately, um, Matthew Tipton uh, is no longer boss there. And ours will look to reset and, and and restart again with with somebody in the hot seat there.
1: Matthew Tipton's a name that obviously is, is well synonymous with, with Irish League football, with Portadown being one of them. But yeah, I think that's that's what uh, mission to oversimplify, wishing to oversimplify it, if I can speak. Um, Taking Sally out of that team, you know, you take all those goals out and don't replace them. I mean, there's only one there's only one way you're going and, and ultimately I think, you know, regardless of that, the manager the manager pays the price for that. Way we always see it time after time. Elsewhere,
0: Lockoff said Jay Boyd is going back to the cruise, which I think, if I was a cruise fan, I'd be saying, absolutely, get that young player in our side and make him a rotational piece for us. Uh, build for next season. He will be a cog in that team no matter what next year. And uh, get it, get him up to speed. with them, I thought he, um, he, he's probably in that variety of big birdie striker as well. But he's he's got a, a little touch of pace as well. Good shot. So yeah, what why why not get him in there? And uh, particularly if this injury crisis does not subside, um, he could fit in there. Plus, it's not like Cruz are have got a whole load of, of players of that ilk. So I'm um, sure Lockall will also be looking out there to try and find a striker who can that role. Um, we've seen recently now that uh, Jack Scott his contact with Limfield was terminated a couple of weeks ago due to a uh, disciplinary matter um, is now joining Cole Rayne he is a nippy little fullback so that gives them a bit of strength and a bit of depth and is the first piece that Owen Kearney can add to try and uh, retool this faltering team. Just a touch as well
1: on Jay Boyd and lock goal I think that'll be a big miss for lock goal Obviously there's not another one our strikers been a lot of talk of in January is Benji McGee, you know, all these goals he's scoring, you know, and all the talk is uh who in the top six is gonna take him. Again, I don't think lock are gonna are gonna part company with him him all too easily, but you would you would worry for them, you know, if in January they lost Boyd and McGee. But yeah, certainly it's one of those lone, you know, lone players that if you if Jay Boyd wasn't alone from Crusaders, you can sort of say, Yeah, I could see Jay Boyd at Crusaders, you know. So it's you know, him going back there I think it makes makes total sense and jack scott there's some disciplinary issues that's there's certainly a player there um you know a good solid defender and at the minute i think a big problem for Corian is their their strength and depth as you're seeing you know that's so having a little body in there and a good quality player Um, you know if he can if he can keep things good on on and off the pitch should be a, a good addition westendorf's
0: loan i also believe is perhaps up uh for balamina he, he's a man who's kind of in and out of the side so he's now uh returning to lorne he can maybe come back of course uh so that just adds to balamina trying to add a few more bodies um uh yes yeah, so we, we, we will report it as soon as we know who's coming in and out i will report any any official transfers the only other side is is anna united who um I've seen to be doing quite a lot of dealing with Glen Avon. They take back their player, Jamie Dorn, who's a young teenage midfielder, and they send back Cohen Henderson on loan. A little swap there. And uh, Jackson Nesbitt uh, also goes to the Anna. They also take on Owen Taggart. And Thomas Burns joins as well. So that's the transfers that have come in so far. Will they be ready for what? many people probably would highlight as one of their favourite days of the Irish League calendar and that is Irish Cup 5th round day. I remember, was it Covid? They like decided to call this the 1st round proper but it's back to being the 5th round. I think it was the 5th round there last week. We'll not go into absolute full details about all these games but there's a, a few interesting stories that could pop up. First one, of course, is Friday. Korean against Cliffenville. Cliffonville Fresh haven't played that, uh, haven't not played against uh, Glenthorne. I'm sure they would be frustrated they didn't have that game. But they go up to Coleraine for their first game of the new year. Little, far little rivalry between these two teams. Obviously, Cliffonville have this uncomfortable record in the Irish Cup, which they think they've, they've got like some sort of curse, but... Can you see Cole bouncing back about Cup Magic and, and kick-starting their year and, and restarting their season with a bit of a bang?
1: Yeah, possibly. I think probably both of these teams, if the draw was made, if they both looked at it and thought, God, fifth round, you know, hitting another Premiership team. You know, you, you want that, to, that's one you'd rather sort of see quarterfinal, semi final if you're one of these teams. But um, at the same time, if if we were talking about this as a league fixture next week, you'd probably be saying that's a Cliftonville win all over it. But it's a cup at the end of the day. Cole and I'm sure, will be coming out now after, you know, the statement, you know, back in Oren Kearney, kind of putting to bed any of those, any rumours that are flying around about him and, you know, say it's a cup game, Friday night lights, you know, uh, it's, a, it's all cliches, but it's all got the, built- the makings of maybe an upset, as you say, that kind of tiffing the hoodoo in the cup. Um, I, I don't know whether it really affects the players as, as much as such at all, but it does seem to kind of get, heavier and heavier every year that they don't make a final or that they get knocked out before then, you know, as oh, there's the curse again. But um, yeah, I, that, it's a tough one for both of them. Like I said, I'm sure both of them looked at this draw and went, oh, really?
0: You know, you look at some of these players as well. It's, it's kind of funny. We talk about it. It's not like we're sitting here as 50-year-old men either. But, you know, you talk about the history of all Cleffinville and the Irish Cup. Like, Cleffinville could have won the Irish Cup in the year 2000 and there'd be plenty of players who weren't even bored to see it. You know, that that is the, that yeah. is like... I don't think Ben Wilson would have been around if they won it in 2000. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's it, it just shows you that... Yeah. that there's a long time has passed and ultimately, you know, every team has history, good, bad or indifferent. So, um, hey, maybe this will be the team that uh, could uh, change things up for differentville Key things for the Reds here, they're going all the way up to Coleraine Friday night after that break. And sometimes you can come in a little bit cold, a little bit rusty after not having those competitive reps week to week. Coleraine has something to prove. Glyffinville need to come out of the traps early and fast. Don't let this become a contest with 30 minutes to go because, uh, you know, a big looping header from Mitchell or a little uh, getting on to a sneaky little ball from McDade and then you're chasing the game with 25 minutes to go. Glyffinville need to assert uh, their dominance on this team, get the goal and try and manage the game the way that they can. They've got the players to do it, so they'll do their best to try and make sure that happens.
1: It'll be interesting to see sort of what the crowd will be. Obviously, a uh, and showgrounds is always a pretty sizable crowd, um, no matter what. But it'll be interesting to see kind of a, with um, with Oran Kearney this week, you know, whether it'll be kind of a defiant crowd or whether it'll be a little bit of a mixed atmosphere at it. So I think that could have a, a big talent on the game as well. And yeah, as you said, there is that kind of that recent sort of, sort of spark between these two. And Clifton Villier coming in, you wonder, would you rather come into this having had you know, lumps kicked out of you in a boggy pitch at the Oval like before or do you come into it a bit sort of undercooked? You know, you never really know how it's going to work out. So that's the Friday
0: night game that's been streamed. You then have no other top flight duos elsewhere. So we've got a whole slate beyond that as either Bourne Central or we've got some shocks on the cards. Queen's hosting balamina Scream like that. That's like probably on the minor scale of the shock. So, can Balamina go up to the dub and, and get a result? Half one early kickoff as well. Queens are doing all right in the pil, they'll be up for it. They have a bit of pedigree in the cup. Uh, if I was a Balamina fan, I'd be a little bit spooked about this one. I think you're right.
1: Um, I was at Windsor early on new the year. It was the Queens play Linfield in the League Cup, and they had the better of them for the first 45 anyway. I think ultimately a combination of quality and fitness told in the end for Linfield, but they certainly didn't run away with it and and Queens Queens played some good football, you know, and yes, they had to, you know, sit back and do a lot of defending as you'd expect them to do. But um yeah, I think even just looking at it on paper, Queens vallomina just has something very cup upsetting written all, all over it, if that's even a word. Um yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really be looking forward to this one too much of it, as a Balmain
0: fan. Will it be another day for Fraser Taylor to do his magic? He is not on that list of players who is away in January. He's got the entire season, so they can continue to build around him. Elsewhere at half one, you've got Nockbreda hosting Glen Avon and then Oxford Sunnyside from Lurgan uh, hosting Ballymcash. Nocbreda have had a terrible season this year. They were able to sneak by in the playoff and stick around in the championship. Most of the, of, of their better players then went on and they've just had a really, really difficult uh, year. Barely been able to scoop together any uh, collection of points, barely a win. So, I mean, Glen Alvin need to go there up uh, up to Breida Park and take care of business pretty much I was there for a decent amount of knock breeders, actually cut run last year where they were able to beat St Mary's and I mean they were so close to putting out Dungannon bar like a bit of a very 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 late flurry uh, from them to get back so uh Glenavon should have the ability to beat the the Purs team in the championship Bally McCash Oxford Sunnyside like I I think you'll see for Oxford Sunnyside they'll have a few names that you'll recognise uh from uh Irish League years gone by and of course they missed out on being in the PIL uh, via the playoffs in the summer, so they'll be a tough enough task for uh, a Ballymacash side who have uh, had a decent season so far, but probably not as dominant as some people might have expected them to. Glentorin host Anna. Will they get that oval pitch warmed up? Will, will, Will they get all that water away? Will the rain come and wash it away again? Of course, Anna United... No, all about a waterlog pitch. Their, their pitch was under maybe a couple of inches of water only a few weeks ago. So that was able to dry out. So perhaps they'll be ready with gills on. Uh, Anna beat Portadown uh, on Boxing Day. Didn't go as well against Banger, So they're going against a tricky side, Nana. Um, because we talk about how Cliffville could be a bit cold. Could Glentorin be a bit cold? It's at the Oval. The pressure of getting going against a championship team. I do think Glentoran will win out comfortably here, but um, I do I do see this is one of those things where people will consider this as a opportune time for a shock.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think it's one of those ones too. With it being at home, you know, usually would say, "Oh, that would favour the you know the Premiership team," but that's one of the ones where if Glentoran don't start off well, and even the first twenty minutes, be thirty minutes, don't get a goal, you know, there'll be struggling to string passes together, you know you know what it's like. You know, it'll not take long before there'll be a few people sort of shifting nervously in their seats and, and letting, letting them know what they think of them. So that, you know, if Anna can kind of keep them at bay, even at that, then who knows? But again, it's one of those ones you would like to think, certainly that the, the class and the professionalism and the fitness and whatnot will, will tell in the end. But yeah, it's one of those ones I think if Glen Toren don't get off to a quick start, All of a sudden it could get a wee bit, wee bit nervy in the East.
0: That is one of the three o'clock games. The rest these all three o'clock this Saturday. Ballyclare hosts Straban Athletic. Nice little run for Straban, but Ballyclare are very capable championship side, and uh, they should not have any hassle there. Dungannon after Thump and Uri, welcome Willowbank from the amateur ranks, and uh, uh, if Dungannon up for it, that should be a very uh, a very easy victory for them if they play up to their abilities. Institute. Host Crumlin Star, so Crumlin Star go up to the Brandywell. Could be tricky. Institute of of Sean Bright this season, but they've faltered at times. They've they've required a lot of late goals. This is a big big tie for Crumlin. I I, I think coming off the back of that Stevenson's Cup loss, could they be? Could this be their redemption? We'll have to see. Lockall hosts Rosemount. You got to see that as a Lockall victory there. Then there's a few more tricky ties. Cruz and Linfield both host managerless teams. Ards and Warm Point with uh, temporary managers in the dugout for them. It would be a tough ask for either of those two teams. Even with maybe a bounce from somebody coming into the hot seat. We didn't see a bounce without Gary Boyle in the Newry hot seat. So uh, it may be difficult. You've got to think this should be a fairly... Run of the mill victory for Cruz and Linfield if they play up to their ability?
1: Yeah, um, I'm for Windsor on Saturday, um, covering Linfield, Warren Point for the radio. So I would imagine, or I'm expecting perhaps a, a few goals from Linfield. But last time I went to see Linfield in a couple, they said that was against Queens. And they certainly didn't make it easy for them that night. So you never really know what you're going to get with a side that's just lost a manager, particularly one like Barry Gray that has you know had so much time and experience there at Warren Point you know, how are the players going to react to it? Is it going to be, right, let's go out and show everyone what we're made of, you know, that we're not just Barry Gray, you know, because they still have some good good players on that Warren Point side. You know, a lot of the guys stuck with them, you know, even from the Championship. Um, So they didn't do a complete sort of, you know, implode the squad and rebuild. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they can bring. Ards as I said, yeah, they're struggling in the league. You, you kind of Whenever you see these sort of championship versus premiership ties, it's kind of, oh, they're doing well in the championship. Maybe they can keep that point going. But, yeah, you have to feel as well for likes of Ards. Maybe more so than more in point. It's almost kind of like write, write this one off, you know, get back to it with the league. Um, the following week, it's more, more important for them, you know, that kind of way. So, yeah, I struggle to see upsets in either of those. But... Maybe come 5 o'clock on Saturday I'll be reporting on a a huge upset at Windsor.
0: I'll be a real highlight for you when it comes to to your burgeoning uh, career on the radio, Uh, Mr Strange. Balder Mallard go to Newry City. Will they have a full-time boss in charge? We'll have to see. But that will be one treated with trepidation. Balder Mallard haven't been pulling up roses in the championship, but they've gotten a few scalps and they will feel confident going in that on their day, they could give Nuri a real scare. And uh, Nuri will not relish the the chance of being knocked out by a championship side in Balna Mallard. So um, they need to do something they have not been doing consistently all year, and that is score the goals to win.
1: And Balna Mallard almost seemed to be like a, the character of the championship this season, you know, that there's one week that... I- you know, they're really mixing it with the big boys. And the next, you think, you know, oh, there's a loss of it that shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. But, yeah, if ever there's a time Ballonar wanted to have a Premiership tie, it, it's Nuri at the minute. So, you hope for Nuri's sake that they don't, you know, in a way they don't succumb to um, an upset. Because, you know, the confidence, you know, that what I saw those players at Dungan Saturday, confidence is completely shot. And their squad's looking pretty threadbare at the minute. They had some injuries coming into it anyway. And then they lost Lorcan Ford, and Adam Carroll, and they look like they could be, if not long-term absentees, and certainly I, w- I wouldn't imagine they'll be back on Saturday anyway.
0: Tough, tough gets gets more difficult for Yuri Um, Ewington hosts Dundella in a All Championship tie. That's been a bit of a goal fest sometimes when those two teams have met. Um, they'll be weaker because of uh, departures a porter Portadown, but uh could be one to look for for plenty of goals. Banger, um, take on Dergview up at the Clandy Boy. That's uh, a chance for them. Another all-championship side. So a great opportunity for both of those sides to, to progress. Whoever so wins out in that one. Then the final two games, I think, are probably the two real ties of the round. First, Carrick Rangers versus Portadown. The Curry Bowl. Portadown, who have had a tricky year in the, in the championship. Then you have Carrick, who, like you said, have been up and down. You have ex-Carrick boss now Curry going to Carrick it, it feels like this could be a bit more of what is an even affair because I think Carrick have got a far better 1-11 than Portadown do but you've got to say if, if when it comes to a competitive game where uh, you have a side giving it a go against the Premiership side this is probably one of the more closer interdivisional games
1: yeah, first of all, I think you need to trade more at right the Kerry Bowl well, before that starts getting, that starts getting used elsewhere. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you're 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 bang on there in terms of like I said, Carrick are up and down in the league this season. You know they seem to have Glen Torren's number, but then they'll will have sort of really poor days like they did at, at Crusaders at the start of the year. Um, so yeah, that's certainly one I think that that Portadown will will fancy, especially given the history and now Kerry. There is one he'll want to win and. Um, I don't know if some or any or all of those new signs will be available or registered yet. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how even how cup registration works. I'm not into
0: those technicality. But look, unfortunately, clubs don't usually know how uh, (laughs) cup registration works, which is why we always have registration drama. Put it out of what uh, they're in the semi final of of the league cup. Yeah, you know they were able to Mm -hmm. take out the crews. Yeah. So in the cup, they're doing all right. They are doing great in the league. uh, Consistently, so this could be a very intriguing affair. Mm -hmm. The other one is a repeat of. Was it a quarter-final last year? Yes. The Welders and Larn. Larn were able to outlast the Welders down at the Blanche Flower. Another chance for a showcase at the Blanche Flower for a topside to go there. Could it be a case of second chance lucky for the Welders? Or is this for Lauren to show that they are unfeasible?
1: Again, one of those ones you would like to think, certainly that Larn would, would have a comfortable enough afternoon. But... Yeah, it's showed show that they didn't at all. One thing that might actually work in Lauren's favour um is the fact that their former keeper, um, Michael Gratis, who has left the Welders literally last week, he's come back to Canada, so he'll not be in goal. He was kind of their tormentor in chief last year. He seemed determined to show that they never should let him go. <laughs> um so yeah, it'll be I mean, outlasting them is the right way, that's exactly what they did last year. And I think it was another one of those maybe that I don't know if it was a bit of legs, a bit of fitness, or just a bit of quality in the finish. Um, I think it was Andy Ryan there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that took Lauren through. So, yeah, this is a it's a tough one. It's another one I think that that Lauren looked at and thought could have been worse, but um, will certainly not be taken for granted.
0: The welders are a very top heavy side. They have not that Parkhouse and McLean are starting every week, but those are are players who have done it in the championship and, and scored a bag of goals. Uh and they also add in young Tierran O'Connor, who's becoming a bit of a bright spark for them as well. So this is a team who can catch a team like Lauren. So again, it's it's similar to the to perhaps the Kiffinville thing. Get your goals and don't rely on a on a, a lead bonus uh runaway near the end to, to to quell fears. So definitely in 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 the mark of Big shock if that was to happen, happen to Lauren. But uh, yeah, I, 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 a, fun, a fun weekend to follow. A, a little break from league action. And uh, you never know, we, we could see a shock or two. Or as the odds will say, it'll just be all the favourites going through. But uh, Irish Cup is where... A little break from the monotony of the league. If, if it isn't going well for you, you can dream about hosting a big trophy at the end of the season until their dreams are, are quashed. So I look forward to the twists, the turns and the drama of all that. Mark, we're up and running for 2024. Thank you so much for uh, being the first guest of this year as the podcast enters its third technical year as we're still here to finish off our second season. Uh but uh, for people that have uh, enjoyed your chats, you've said that uh, you're going to be on the radio. People find you on the radio, of course. You do a bit of commentaries elsewhere. Work. People find you online.
1: Um. Well, on Twitter uh, at Real Mark Strange, just in case you know, there's any doubts over what Mark Strange it is. Um. Yeah. What about that fake Mark Strange? What's the story with him? Just, just making sure there is none. You know, just making sure everyone knows. this whole blue tech nonsense on, on Twitter or X now. You know, we gotta gotta make sure they know who the real thing is. Um. Also on trying to update my Instagram, i like an old man with Instagram but I've been, the other half of year has been making sure that I've been keeping up the date It's at Stranding Media on Instagram uh, and yeah, also you can see me read me, hear me on BBC Radio website Flashscore commentary website so yeah, I'm omnipresent and I'll tell you what
0: one person that isn't present that's fake Mark Strange, doesn't exist on Twitter so Don't 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 no 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 results found. So uh, look, I'm not telling the people listening to this podcast to go out there and create a fake Mark Strange account, called Fake Mark Strange. Uh, but you know. But now you know. Now you know, Mark. A pleasure. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the next few weeks. Look forward to chatting you very soon. Maybe we'll share, and I don't know, uh, some further leftover sandwich, a cup of tea, or or even a a little little scone. Um. Before we do that, actually, let's just say this. This has nothing to do with you. I just thought this was very funny. Just the typical, we'd share this story. We're, we're in the post-game already of, of this podcast. You, you can back me up here. So I was at that Lockall game, uh, Lockall Der Ganon. And it was like the first time that Lockall had been in the Boxing Day, top flight in the Boxing Day game for whatever it was, like 17 years back. 2006 was the last time they were they were in it. And the last time they were in a top flight and they are playing boxing day, it was against Dungannon. So I had this, like, you know, little, little story all prepared for me going on the radio. And I was chatting to one of the, so like, literally, you know, because I've been mean the Luck also, I don't really know the people around there. And you were there, and I said, oh, here today, I got the team sheet. I said, blah, blah, blah. Here, oh, last time here, you know, whatever it was, 3 1, Dungannon. Because Roddy McAree scored for Dungannon. And, and then I was like, oh, 3 1 that day. And the guy I was shouting to a lock all, was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, early goal, red card, Roddy McAree scored." I'm like, <laughs> "How do you remember this?" I was like, "Yeah, I was, uh, I was caretaker manager that day. <laughs> not only were they caretaker manager, but they they remember that game, from yeah. a random game from 17 years ago, yeah. with exact detail."
1: Yeah. I'm like the Irish is like, uh, yeah, so funny for that, isn't it? Encyclopedic lock all knowledge, but if I remember rightly, to Easton. Ah uh, yeah, dude. Mm. You know one of those ones, like mm, trying to recall it. And then went, oh yeah, I was I was manager for that one. I was like, oh right, yeah, okay, that, that's. Oh right. okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not many, I'm not many
0: hats. <laughs> it's so so good, so so good. No, I, I enjoyed my uh, first uh, first official outing down there. That game was a very very good game. But Mark, like I said, I look forward to holding hands across the Gantry. We're calling it, is it? Yeah, I like Gantry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Till next times uh we will chat to you soon and we'll update you in a couple of weeks on any further cinnamon strange magical mystery tour antics <laughs> thanks Talio. cheers all i can say is thank goodness for the mute button mainly for me this week as i was able to push it on numerous occasions as mark went on to talk about all his great thoughts and feelings i had to Hit that button run away cough into a corner come back and try and sound professional off the back of his retort i have been struggling through this and i probably sound so odd with like barely one nostril to to breathe and to fuel my thoughts and feelings but hey we got there in the end i hope you're well i hope you're doing good we're here brand new year gonna be the same old podcast moving forward but if you happen to be brand new to the podcast you know there's plenty of things that let's do in the past while it's January, and I did a big January preview podcast. If you just look down on your podcast player, you'll be able to see that one. If you happen to miss last week's episode, which was all about the Boxing Day games, you can listen to that. If you want to follow this podcast, you know you can do that on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's at Kicking Match on all of those platforms. You can email me, KickingMatch, at Gmail. You can use maybe you got a brand new smart device. You can say, "Hey, smart device, please play Kicking Match and Arsley Podcast." And you are got to be able to relax and chill and do it from your sofa. Or maybe you got like a wee foot massage or something for Christmas as well. Combine them into one big super experience. Thank you for all of your support in 2023. I just want to say thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Going to keep delivering Irish League chat every week as much as I can. Until next time. Until the other side of Irish Cup fifth round weekend. All the best. Good luck. And I'll chat to you soon.